Hello, hello. Welcome to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akunili and I am your therapist. This month we are discussing trauma and how it rewrites us. And last week I had done the honors of introducing the team, what is trauma and how does it rewrite us. And I know I spent quite a while, over 20 minutes, just teaching about what trauma is and how trauma manifests, both physically, socially and emotionally, how we experience trauma, primary trauma, secondary trauma. And on the Instagram live session, I was teaching us about the age in which trauma becomes super devastating, some of the ways we experience and identify traumas. And I also showed us some behavioral patterns that show that trauma is rewriting us, right? Some of the things we notice in the way we think. And so today I want to talk about manifestations of trauma. How does trauma manifest in our day-to-day life? Because many times we assume that a traumatized person is not normal. We think every person who is experiencing trauma is in the psychiatric home and that's not true. That's not true. The average person on the street in the world in 2022 has dealt is dealing with or will yet deal with some form of trauma if it's not caused by some economic downtime that ruined their entire finances is caused by some relationship problems there's just a lot in the world that attempts to tamper with how we live how we function there are just a lot of incidences going on and so it's important that you pay attention to how trauma is and how trauma shows up and how you function when you've experienced trauma so that you are quick to nip it in the board and move on all right so manifestations of trauma i'm gonna dive in real quick i don't want us to spend as much time as last week number one overcompensation for what you lack whether you accept it or not many of us overwork not because we like work but because work meets a need for us. When teaching about addictions, I have said it over and again that addictions meet a need for us. We don't just get addicted because addiction is fun. No, it's because addiction meets our need for growth. It meets our need for love, for connection, for contribution, for significance, for certainty, for variety. It meets our need. It meets our psychological needs. And so some of us have the desire to grow But we try so hard to grow that we neglect every other thing that makes us human. And that comes from having to deal with some form of trauma at some point. So let me give a good example. If you had ever been a student who had health issues or you had um, whatever problem and you were not academically sound, And people mocked you academically. Your parents insulted you or they said demeaning things to you. Your teachers were demeaning. Your classmates were rude and they were condescending. There is a possibility that when you grow up and now realize that this version of you that everybody said was stupid no longer exists, that you are now the smartest person in the room. Guess what? There's a possibility you overcompensate. You will try to work so hard to prove to yourself, not even to them anymore. You will try to prove to yourself that you are not a stupid person. And so even when nobody is marking attendance, you are. Everybody body shamed you while you were growing up because you're possibly on the big side or you were on the skinny side. And now that you think, oh, okay, you are no longer in that phase or you are even still in that space. And you've just realized, you know what, this thing is a biological thing. I cannot control it or whatever it is that you've discovered you will still live a life that tries to overcompensate for what you lack. And I remember teaching this specifically um, last week. Yes, yes, 
Last week when we launched the Body Love Challenge, the first day of the Body Love Challenge, we had a webinar that was called How Loving Your Body Changes Your Life. And I was talking about these same points, but with regards to body shaming in particular, how we overcompensate in the way we walk, we overcompensate in the way we dress, we overcompensate in relationships, we give people way too much than they deserve, we push ourselves, we do things really hard because we're trying to cover up for what we think is a deficit in our lives. In regards to trauma, we try too hard to pretend like we are not experiencing a heart. We try too hard to act like we don't feel the pain. We try too hard to move on. And I think that's even where the real issue is. You experience a breakup. You've not felt the pain. You've not allowed yourself go through the process. At Lisa Express, we have a tool called 25 questions between your ex and next. If you're coming to me for relationship therapy, the huge possibility I would give you that tool, that question to go work on, to go work with is really high. Because many people just want to move on. They don't want their ex to think they are still waiting on them. Even though the relationship hurts you, even though you put seven years into that relationship, I mean, that's painful. That's emotionally hurtful. So can you deal with the actual problem and stop trying to overcompensate? And I need you to look at your life right now. Where are you overcompensating? Are you overcompensating as a mom? Because people told you that you, you will not be a good mom. You're a career woman. A lot of career women deal with that. They overcompensate at their jobs because people tell them they will not make good employees because they have kids. And then they overcompensate as moms because people tell them they will not make good moms because they are career women. Same thing happens with men. In fact, I've seen silly situations where people say to a man that he does not look like a romantic partner that he looks like a man they should sleep with and move on that he doesn't look like someone who commits because he's fine like that's his fault so what happens is that kind of a person gets in a relationship and he's trying to overcompensate for being too fine and now he's beginning to take his partner's crap because he doesn't want her to think he is negligent because he's a fine man i mean that's just something else entirely another way trauma manifests is that we trivialize our achievements we do you recover from a hurt, you recover from grief. And when people ask you, how was that? You're like, hey, it was just fine. It was, it was good. You launch a whole business. You're coming through a traumatic experience. Maybe you lost a child or you lost a job. And then you had to build a business in the midst of that trauma. And when people compliment you for it, you discard the compliment. You trivialize your achievement. You make it look like it was not a big deal, like everybody could have done it. Everybody couldn't have done it. If everybody could have done it, I promise you I'll be out of business. The trauma you've been through, I don't want to call it your trauma, the trauma you've been through has done something to you. And so if you find yourself constantly trivializing your achievements, it might be important to go back and check. I don't think you're a humble person. I don't think so. I think you're just someone who has been exposed to some degree of possibly shame. And so you are afraid to receive compliments. You're, at, you're afraid to acknowledge your achievements so that it will not be termed as pride, so that you will not be shamed because many of us come, grew up in, grew up in an environment where when you do something and you're good at it and you acknowledge that you're good at it, they say you are proud. They say you are proud. They shame you for being good at something. Some people will say things to you like, eh, because you passed, now let you pass. People will trivialize, people attempt to trivialize your achievement. And if you stay in an environment where they constantly trivialize your achievement over a period of time, remember what I said in the last episode, series of events you've experienced, they patch themselves together, join themselves together, and they become a solid frame of reference for you. 
And so you can't take glory, you can't honor yourself, you can't receive your achievements, you can't receive your compliment because you've been in an environment that shamed you for being good at those things. And it has now become a trauma point for you. Another way you manifest your experiences of trauma is self-negligence. You don't take care of yourself because you don't think you are that important. You feel like, oh, eh, no, let me just cater to this other person. Let me just cater to the other person. Don't worry, I'm used to being alone. I have silly things like that all the time. People are tired and they are fatigued and someone else needs them. They're like, let me just go. I'm used to being alone by myself. What's that? Can't they come through for you? If you are constantly neglecting yourself, it might be important to ask yourself, where is this self-neglect coming from? Did you grow up in an environment where you were constantly neglected? Did you grow up in an environment where you were constantly taking care of other people? Did you grow up in an environment where people shamed you for taking care of yourself? Because some of us have been in environments where people shamed us. They called us selfish. They called us uncaring for thinking about ourselves, even if it is one hour and 24. They want you to think about them all the time. They want you to come through for them all the time. And that's why many of us don't know how to be assertive. We don't know how to stop people when they make rude jokes. We don't know how to tell people that I cannot tolerate that. We don't know how to work out an abusive relationship. We don't know how to cut off toxic people because we grew up in environments that teach us self-neglect. Especially if you are possibly a first child, if you're possibly a first child, if you're possibly a daughter, if you're possibly a first son, if you're possibly an only son, or if you're someone whose parents may maybe not financially buoyant, or your parents are not emotionally available, there's the possibility that you've had to feel in for your parents for so long that now that you are independent, you're feeling in for nobody, but you're still feeling in. I mean, you're still feeling in. Nobody needs you to be as strong as you used to be, but you're still feeling in. You don't know how to rest. You don't know how to relax. You don't know how to let someone else take care of you. In Nigeria, we joke and we say, um, relax and be taken care of. You don't know how to relax and be taken care of, right? So now pay attention to your self-negligence. Where is it coming from? What kind of trauma have you experienced that is making you neglect yourself? Another thing to look out for is the underrepresentation of your intelligence and person. Some of us pretend to be stupid and I was victim to this for quite a long time. I pretended to be stupid to make people happy until I realized, wait, this was actually a trauma response. I wasn't traumatized academically, but I didn't like the attention it gave me as well because the attention opened me up to predators. So because you were good, hey, everybody's clapping for you and everybody's proud of you. And at the same time, some people are becoming your enemies. Some people are uncomfortable around you. Some people shame you for being intelligent. Everybody reminds you how you would have passed better if you had calmed down and stayed in the exam hall 30 minutes longer. My teachers beat me extra hard because they felt I was going to become something important in life and they didn't want me to get derailed. And so academically, I don't think I paid attention to my academics in secondary school, man. I was the most un annoying student you could have found. I remember this one time when my teacher said to me, if you don't submit your notes, you're going to lose 20 marks. I was looking at the man like, this man thinks I care about 20 marks. <laughs> it was agric. It was agric in NSS1. I supposed to submit my agric notes and someone had stolen it. And I was looking at the man like, if this man thinks I'm going to write agric notes from first term to third term because of 20 marks, I give him the marks. I was that uncaring academically after a while because I was just frustrated with the attention it got me and the problem the attention put me in. So my response of pretending to be stupid wasn't because I had a thing against academics or against intelligence. It was that I had a problem. I had an issue against the attention it got me. And so you might need to pay attention. Why do you pretend to be stupid? That was my own situation. But what was your own situation? What is your own situation? Why do you pretend to be stupid? Do you act like you are broke so that you can attract wife material? Do you pretend to 
be silly so that you can attract a husband because i mean that's the thing that is around you remember i said not all traumas are direct traumas these responses might also be from watching other people's traumas oh there's a popular case scenario in Nigeria of rich young ladies not getting a husband on time because the men are intimidated by their wealth. And I think that's old wife's fables, actually. I think it's an old wife fables from previous generations that they've been unable to let go of. And so they're trying to transfer it generation after generation. And so you hear older people give younger ladies advices like, oh, don't buy a car or don't buy a big car or be gentle, be humble when the man is talking to you. And so you hear some men say to some ladies that that's why you're still single. Do you get? And so it's not like it's a direct trauma. It's accumulation of traumas over the years that has now become societal laws. You want to pay attention to why you underrepresent your intelligence and your person. Why you settle for less romantically and sexually. It might actually be a pointer to trauma. It might be a pointer to trauma. Do you settle for people who you think are not as intelligent as you? Because there is nothing wrong with identifying, oh, okay, I like to think in this direction. I think I'm, I'm an ambitious person. Or maybe I want to be with someone else who is also as ambitious. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when you think you are smarter than everybody in the world. When you think you're smarter than this person, you're not necessarily smarter than them. You're just possibly more ambitious. There is the part where you might be more intellectually sharper than them do you understand there might be part where you're socially more intelligent than them some people are more socially intelligent some people are kinesthetic learners depending on the kind of learner that you are it's not a problem that you say oh i want this kind of person in my life romantically or this is the kind of person i want to have sex with or this is under the condition i want to have sex but there is a problem when you settle because of a previous experience where you say, oh, last time I dated an intelligent person, he turned out to be narcissistic. Therefore, I am going to look for the most unintelligent person I can find and date them. That's a problem because you're not dating for you right now. You're dating for your trauma. You're dating to validate your trauma pain. Do you understand? So if you're settling for less romantically, if you always end up dating people that when no one is watching, you're sad just looking at them. You feel like, ah, you could have done better. You feel like this is not me. You feel like this relationship doesn't serve me. This relationship puts me down. This relationship makes me function lower than I should function. This relationship makes me earnless. And you don't have to be, it can be anybody. If you're a man who is with a woman and you constantly feel like this is not it. If you keep feeling like this is lesser than you should be getting, you want to pay attention. It doesn't necessarily mean you have a trauma response but it could be a pointer to trauma mind you i am not doing personal diagnosis on this podcast i am just giving possible manifestations of trauma it could be manifestation of trauma for you and it might not be another thing to look out for is hyper independence and this one is so popular in 2022 everybody is on their own everybody is a man for himself everybody is big everybody is bougie everybody is intelligent everybody is smart everybody has technology everybody has their own stage anyone can go ahead and do whatever they need to do and so we underestimate the place of community so when we go through traumas, we go through traumas alone. When we are grieving, we go through grief alone. When we are hurting, we hurt alone. The painful part is that when we even have success stories, we have nobody to tell. Hyper-independence might actually be signs of trauma. It might actually be signs of trauma. Perhaps you've been hurt by the people you trusted. If you've ever been sexually abused by a family member, I promise you, you would experience hyper-independence. You will. You will always want to do stuff by yourself just in case someone is planning to use it against you. If you've ever helped someone and they used it against you, there's a possibility you will practice hyper-independence. 
If you've ever been around someone who was caring and people took advantage of them, there's a possibility that you become hyper-independent. It doesn't necessarily have to happen to you. Again, there's secondary trauma. Absorb trauma from other people. Absorb trauma from community and absorb trauma from generations past. Look at yourself. Are you hyper-independent? Can you call anyone right now if you were in pain? Who can you call? Who do you think if we call right now and say, oh, so-so person had an accident, who's going to run to the hospital first? If you were happy, you got a good news, and let's say there's a project you've been waiting for in another country and the project came through and you have your visa at the embassy and they say, oh no, you have to go to the airport right now. Who is the one friend? Who are the five people you can call and say, hey guys, I'm traveling to so-so place for the next three months. I need clothes. Can you help me bring clothes to the airport? Get my stuff. Go to my room. Look at the wardrobe. This, who can you do that with? Who knows you? Who knows you? If nobody knows you, there's a possibility you might be experiencing and manifesting signs of trauma. Another thing to look out for is hypersensitivity. When you are hypersensitive to certain topic, notice the word hyper is deliberate. Hyper means you are more than just sensitive. Hyper independence means you are more than just an independent person. It means you are independent to a point where it's alarming. Yeah, so you are sensitive to the point where it's alarming. If you are hypersensitive on a particular topic, or you are extremely dismissive about a particular topic. For example, when we talk about rape, you shake, you cry, you are irritated. Or we talk about rape and you're like, I beg, I beg. You might actually need to go back and revisit that topic. There might be some form of trauma there that you are refusing to confront. So you are dismissing it or you have acknowledged it, but you have refused to heal or you have not found a process to heal yet. And so you are still sensitive to it. So go back and check out those topics again. Transferring your heart as counsel or culture. This one is very prevalent with parents. Parents, I will have your time next week. When we begin to tell our kids things like, I don't talk to social person, don't talk to them. Or social person hurts me, I never want to see you in their house. Or you tell your kids, you think this world is good? Nobody in this world is good. That's your pain speaking. That's your anxiety speaking. Well, then your child, they can't poison you. I mean, why would your neighbor give your child food and the first thing that comes to your mind is that they can poison them? Is that you've possibly seen someone else eat from their neighbor and get poisoned. Or your parents transfer that knowledge to you and you're transferring it to your kids. That transfer going on is trauma speaking. So it doesn't have to be your personal trauma. Again, it could be absorbed trauma. And then finally, expectations of hurts and being on guard. Again, this is closely related. This is a close twin to hyper-independence. Even when you open up to people, you're on guard trying to check. Are they trying to hurt me? Are they going to hurt me? What should I do? And this is, you're always on your watch. You're always assuming someone is coming to hurt you. I remember this very funny case I had seen. I think it was in Judge Judy's court where the lady had come to report that her husband was too nice. That she tells her husband she's hungry at night and instead of giving her a snack, he cooks and now she's fat. So she wants to divorce her husband because when her husband comes close to her, she thinks he wants to hit her, but he tells her he loves her. And now she's uncomfortable because he's only telling her he loves her and she's expecting him to hit her. That is because she has been exposed to trauma and not just trauma, but physical and domestic violence. That's why she expects him to hit her. There is an expectation of hurt. That's why some of you cannot enjoy good relationships. Some of my clients come to me and when they talk, you can tell that, oh, this person might not have been victim of domestic violence, but they've seen someone else who is a victim of domestic violence. And so instead of them to open their hearts to love, they're thinking, oh, this person is going to hurt me. This person is just waiting for me to come in and they're just trying to lure me in and they'll Catch me. Those are all trauma responses. I hope I didn't rattle you too much. If you have any questions, feel free to ask in our DMs on Instagram or Twitter at LisaExpressC or just search for Lisa Express Consult. Better still, go to the website at www.lisaexpress.com. 
find the button is really visible on the website that says ask us anything anonymously feel free to go there and just ask any question and i promise you would attend to it on the podcast or on instagram most likely on instagram instagram live happens on fridays fridays at 7 p.m i am going to talk more on manifestations of trauma and perhaps i'll find a case study for friday and then we'll dig deeper into this this month we are attending to trauma and how it rewrites us so don't forget to tune in next week monday from 5 a.m the episode will go live at 5 a.m but you can feel free to come listen any other time of the day when you're free invite a friend be a nice friend be a nice friend invite a friend on friday to join us for the instagram live okay bye